stress about uh zen zencaster because a also records it on his end yeah i'm doing a backup because <laughs> cool, yeah i've been fucked before my podcast with melly got lost to the void oh that so. sucks we had like, such a fun little podcast we talked for like an hour and then oh no the yeah i mean the same it. <laughs> happened to us too so that's why we do a backup now but yeah, yeah it's fucking sucks so one time I actually only deleted like 20 minutes of mine and I just like re-recorded a bunch of stuff. Like, <laughs> what, just on your own? Like on yeah, your end? Yeah. <laughs> like like re-asked the questions and stuff that he <laughs> was asking. That's kind just, of impressive if it flowed. Yeah, we're becoming uh, grade A podcasters now. It's a professional operation. I'm glad that I <laughs> got in on the ground floor. <laughs> Before you guys got too big for me. You could have um, someone swoop in and like record A's dialogue if you needed. <laughs> like a crisis actor. <laughs> like, a stunt, like a podcast stuntman. <laughs> um, well, we're here with Truth Enjoyer. And this is Thoughts and Prayers. <laughs> we'll see how much of the uh, last little bit we... Maybe we should just keep it in. I think it was fun. Yeah. Um, do you want to say anything else about yourself, Cassandra? Well, I mean, I feel like the the loyal fans of Thoughts and Prayers probably <laughs> know me by now. But if anyone's new, um, yeah, I'm truth underscore enjoyer on Twitter. Cassandra. Yeah, return of Cassandra. I feel like we had you on like four times within like a week practically. <laughs> and then now Way it's back when like you guys were my first podcast ever. So I'll always be <laughs> loyal to, to TNP. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. like back in like February, March time. And then I feel like my last episode was in June or something. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. And I feel like you guys have had some pretty big guests since me. So it's an honor to to be asked back. <laughs> well, you moved. You moved to the, to the south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I was technically already in the south, but Florida is like its own thing. So. I think it's yeah. its own. Florida's yeah. like all transplants anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Do you, can we say that you're in Texas or you don't? Yeah, you, you can say that. I've been public about that. <laughs> how, do you feel about, how do you feel about Texas? Because we, we've both spent a lot of time in Texas too. So mm-hmm. how um, do you feel about it? What's yeah, your... I, I like it. I definitely moved at the wrong time. Like I moved at the end of July. So I had like two months of like triple digit temperatures after that. And obviously it's like not a super walkable place. And I don't have a car. So I felt like I was just like trapped in my apartment a lot. So I couldn't really like get the lay of the land or feel settled or anything. But now it's finally cooled down. So I'm getting like more settled now. I do miss like where I lived in Florida was very walkable. And then prior to that, like I lived in the UK where like everything is walkable and like they have really good public transit and stuff. So that's like the one thing that's like I I feel is a, a downside for me, but I'll get used to it. But ev- everything else is great, and I'm happy to be here. I have way more friends here than I had in Florida. So, let me ask you this though: Isn't Florida also hot, 
or is it more temperate? Florida is also hot. So like when I was like preparing to move here, people were like, why are you going to move to Austin in the summer? Like you're so stupid. And I was like, it's fine. Like I live in Florida. I'm used to it. But like it was way worse here. Like in Florida, like it gets to like a hundred like real feel, but usually it's like in the nineties. Whereas here it's like actually a hundred and then it feels like 110. And like just those like 10 degrees make such a big difference. And also in Florida, it cools down more at night and it's right near the ocean or at least where I was living. So I felt like that was probably a big help, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'll get used to it. <laughs> they, they take their air conditioning very seriously. Yeah. There, so a lot of big box stores and just like ice, like refrigerator cold inside interiors. So. I have a working AC unit in this current apartment, which is great because in Florida, mine was breaking like every week. And my landlord was always like, like I, it it was literally like I would text my landlord or email or whatever and be like, this thing's broken. And they would be like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was literally like, you know, that meme where it's just like someone responding with no with a heart. Like that was like how my landlord responded to me when my AC was broken in Florida. (laughs) So. It's I nice like, to have AC. <laughs> I liked the weather in Texas when I was going out a lot because you could like you go out all year all year round. I think that's nice about Texas. Today it's like 40 degrees and it's so funny because it was like 85 like 2 days ago and I'm like what the fuck? Like how is this a thing? But I was so excited about it, which is funny cuz I'm from New England originally. So obviously like I grew up in the cold, but I've become such a little bitch about the cold after like, you know, 2 years in the south cuz I moved to Florida like almost two years ago and now I like can't handle it when it's cold but I was so excited I was like this is a novelty I can start dressing I can wear a scarf and a hat so. um, <laughs> uh, I feel like we should dedicate this episode to traitorous professional <laughs> <laughs> um, like Shout called out. us out on the TL for not posting our our episode yet today so um, this one goes out to you. I saw that you were like shouting that out, and I liked it as like a little <laughs> hint that I was the guest. <laughs> well, we're, we're recording it right now. So, hello, traitorous professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk about Brittany, and I'm the only one who read the book. So, do you guys want me to do revelations <laughs> of the book that seem important, or just yeah. like? the craziest couple hearts. I don't know. Yeah, you can share whatever from the book. Maybe do a little dramatic reading if you have it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we can react. I didn't read the book, but I did like skim the headlines and the tweets about it. I listened to the book, if I'm being honest, but I did. I did listen to every last minute of it. On and wasn't it recorded? Like, wasn't like the, the audio book reader, Michelle Williams? Yes, it was That's Michelle. so random. Who does, who does like a Southern accent, kind of like Brittany during some of the reading. Um, it was weird. And it was like audiobook directed by, and I was like, someone directed this? But, <laughs> I feel um, like you could do better. I want to hear the Q narrated version. <laughs> I think it's hard. I mean, I, I thought about it actually just because weirdly, I know who this audiobook reader is, but I was like, I bet it's a lot of hours of like rereading and I don't know. It's not the hardest job in the world. 
I feel like it would take a really long time to read an audiobook, though. She must have had to do it in a bunch of takes while still seeming like cohesive. So it's kind of like A's re recording. <laughs> Similar skill set. <laughs> anyway, well, I guess the biggest revelation, well, the first big revelation that comes up is that she had been having sex when she was 14 because i feel like you're I don't, maybe you're too young cassandra i don't know if you were like how old you were when britney happened but it was a big deal that she was still a virgin that was like talked about all the time no i do it remember was- that yeah and like <laughs> how like when it was like kind of implied that her and justin were having sex that was like this like horrifying revelation to the public even though it was like obviously they were <laughs> yeah so, was anyone really buying that though I don't know. I mean, living in like, I was living in Texas and like uh, Christian moms and stuff. Def- I don't know if they were buying it, but they definitely cared that that like was cool. horny schoolgirl music video and stuff. Well, she got in trouble for that because they were, the song was already really big and people were like, we didn't think it would be this sex- sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she doesn't really deal with her I will say one thing that was interesting about her is she doesn't really deal with her beauty or her like precocious because she doesn't seem very smart in the book but she obviously is like uh, like a savant at (laughs) entertaining you know what I mean so it's just interesting for her to try to be super articulate i she did have a ghostwriter sam lansky so i mean i assume she did not write shit like she probably just (laughs) like a few interviews and then that was that (laughs) yeah i'm sure she just recorded some stuff um so i guess that was revelation she was a chain smoker since she was 14 too she lost her virginity to like an older guy she kind of like glosses through that really. Yeah, I feel like I read like an article that was like it was like her friend's older brother who was a senior and she was a freshman. Yeah. That is what that is the story. Um, so that's like her childhood. But then like the craziest part, the part that I had like my mouth on the ground was when she gets put in the conservatorship because it is insane. Like, her dad would just be like, this is her side of the story, of course, but her dad would just be like, if she said no to anything, like, like one time she's like, I don't want to do that dance move. It's too hard. Um, and she was like, just change it. Just do a different one. And they were like, got so mad at her and they put her in like this rehab for two months where she was just alone in this mansion and then all she said, like, sometimes six or seven doctors a day would come and visit her. Um, was she, like, heavily medicated at that point as yeah, well? Yeah, she was heavily medicated. And she said she had to talk to people for hours and hours and hours a day. Um, Did she have, doctor. like, a diagnosis? Like, was she, like, bipolar or something? Like, what, what was, like, the justification for all their medication? They, they claimed she had dementia. That's crazy. Why? (laughs) Like, that would be, like, the last thing on the list that I would expect. (laughs) Well, that's the only way you can get a conservatorship, is someone has to essentially be, like, uh, 
you know, completely. Yeah, but you could go with like schizophrenic or like BPD. She doesn't say what they tried to throw. I'm, oh, okay. It, it sounds like probably she was just like broadly diagnosed as insane. Like she's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. They were giving Lock her, her up. a shit ton of, lith- of lithium. Um, but it, it, it did make me feel insane that like it's even possible to like take. But I mean, I have to like take a step back and take the MK Ultra narrative, and I'm like, oh, this is some crazy MK Ultra shit that's going on. You know, I can't try to make logical sense out of it because I'm just like, how could this even have happened? But I feel like the whole thing is just like, I don't know. All those people seem very handled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And managed. Yeah, I mean, well, she that- started out on the Mickey Mouse Club, which is like the biggest MK Ultra childhood acting thing so yeah she says some weird stuff about that like how it happened it's sorry seemed... hang on someone's at my door oh no worries <laughs> oh, no. pause for a sec <laughs> yeah are you about to witness cassandra get murdered hopefully not oh <laughs> sorry about that it was just amazon <laughs> I thought that they already delivered all my stuff, but there was like one rogue package, I guess. I, this could be the start of like a mystery novel. We were like saying we watch you get murdered. Oh my God. Well, literally, like, I don't think this will dox me at all, but my neighbor like creepily has his, or I assume it's a man, but it could be a woman. I don't know. I don't know whose Wi Fi network it is, but one of my neighbor's Wi Fi network is just called I Eat People. <laughs> and I'm like, is this guy like a cannibal serial killer? Like, am I gonna get got? So every time someone knocks at my door, I'm like, oh god, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry to derail. <laughs> Back to the MK Ultra programming of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Well, also, just like I thought about it in like her entire life, she's like never alone. Like, you kind of get the impression that she has like, you know eight to 12 people with her at all times, like all throughout her day. And it's just, I don't know, the whole thing was just insane. Like getting woken up by like nurses and like just this whole apparatus sort of like swirling around her, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I mean the whole, yeah, like the, the whole Mickey Mouse Club thing definitely screams MK. I mean, to me, it just seems like a sort of MK Ultra, like, star celebrity breeding ground but like like you were saying like she's obviously kind of retarded you know like (laughs) legitimately like she just isn't all there but yeah at the same time she's obviously like a savant in terms of like dancing and shit yeah she's she's like a performance robot basically and was groomed for that like since childhood so right like she she was like world famous by like age 16 or something right so like what what age did she get into the the entertainment industry like do you does it does it talk about how she got started yeah no i mean it's like super random it's just like she auditions for the mickey mouse club and they're like call us in a year because you're a little young and they call back in a year and they're like, yeah, you're on. That's it. (laughs) So she's on the Mickey Mouse Club and she said she liked, she she said it just sounded super weird. It was like all these weird long rehearsals and 
it just seems like it took up their whole life. Like they didn't, they weren't actually doing anything else besides that. Well, and, and like everybody in her cohort or whatever is also like A-list celebrities now. Like, like yeah. Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling. And I feel like there were some other people in there too. She's actually pretty nice to Justin. Some people were like, oh, the revelations are really bad, but she's, she's pretty nice to him. Um, and she says that she actually appreciated that he just said in that interview that they had had sex. Cause she was like, I was 22 years old. Like <laughs> what was going to happen? Like at what point at what was I going to do some sort of grand like announcement that I had had sex? So she was like, <laughs> so she was like, I was actually like, I actually like appreciated that he just did that. Cause it was like one thing off her plate. Yeah, like rip the bandaid off. I never went down the Mickey Mouse Club rabbit hole, but I have gone down the Nickelodeon rabbit hole. I don't know if you guys have. And that one's fucking insane. Like the no, amount of like sex tell. abuse at Nickelodeon. Like, I mean, Amanda Bynes is like the prime example, similar to Britney, like mm. ended up in a conservatorship. And the kind of like conspiracy narrative of people who've like deep dived this is that like Dan Schneider the like executive producer of most of those shows, like the one that Britney Spears's sister was on, um, yeah. iCarly, Drake and Josh, like all of those Nickelodeon shows. He was like the producer of those. And he's like clearly a massive pedophile and also has a foot fetish and would make all the kids do like weird feet stuff. Like there's like one clip of like, victorious where ariana grande has to like lick her own toes like she's like putting her own foot in her mouth there's another one uh, there's just so many there was like this one instance where i think it was for the teen choice awards or something like that where on facebook or twitter i can't remember which one but one social media platform in like i don't know 2009 i'm just spitballing here but it was like you know a while ago and he literally posted like vote for your favorite whatever um, but like the way that you voted was you had to submit a picture of your foot with it, like whatever your thing was like written on your foot. So he literally was just like crowdsourcing all these pictures of like tween and teen girls feet. And like somehow that was normal. And then when it came out, like, you know, like relatively recently, like in the past, like five, seven, whatever years that like people really started talking about him being like a creepy pedophile and he got let go by Nickelodeon under like sketchy circumstances he scrubbed all of his accounts of all like the creepy like feet stuff and sexual stuff that he was like saying but like it's still there you can still see it and there's a conspiracy theory that uh jamie lynn spears's kid is his and i believe it (laughs) but it's so creepy like you hear about like all of these like nickelodeon starlets and kids and whatever And their parents would literally just drop them off at like this like pool that was like at the Nickelodeon headquarters or something. And they would literally like all these like 12 year olds would just hang out in like their bikinis in like a hot tub with like creepy 40 year old producers from Nickelodeon. Like the whole thing is so fucking sus. And I feel like the Mickey Mouse Club must have been similar. Yeah, it sounds 
like it was kind of similar. <laughs> they gloss over a lot of it in the book. There's a lot of glossing over, like do 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 do, just kind of like keep things moving past certain uncomfortable truths. I mean, you know that all these people have like NDAs and shit. Like they can't speak out. And like you know, Amanda Bynes when she was going through her mental episode, like you know, a few years ago, she was like heavily hinting that she'd been raped and stuff, and. Yeah, I don't know. The Dan Schneider thing is so sus. Like, anyone listening, like, look up, like, Dan Schneider, Jamie Lynn Spears, baby. Like, this kid looks like him. Like, for sure. Like, it happened, like, while she was on the show. Then she got pushed out of the show because she got knocked up and it wasn't a good look. And I swear to God, it's his baby. Don't sue me for libel, Dan Schneider. (laughs) That is so interesting. Her sister doesn't come across great in the book. Brittany doesn't uh, claim any... Uh, there's no like sexual trauma element to her book. I will say that. Um, at least not outwardly. She's kind of like, maybe my boyfriend in high school was too old. There's like one line. Well, didn't she say that she started drinking at age 12, like with her mom, like her mom would just like give her alcohol. Yeah. She that's, so she did drink a lot and she said that she like smoked weed, like, it doesn't sound like that much. She was like, everyone was, (laughs) she did say like, everyone was smoking weed all the time. Like she's like, when I was with Justin, everyone was smoking weed all the time. When I was with Kevin, everyone was smoking weed all the time. And she's like, I didn't really like it that much, but the only drug she admits to like using a lot of and abusing is Adderall. She's really fucking into Adderall. And she's like, I love it. Um, Huge mood. That's why I can't do Adderall. Like, I literally am like, if I got a prescription for that shit, it would be over. <laughs> she is, like, prescribed it, and it does seem like she's addicted to it, um, sadly. But it's probably, like, one of the low, like lowest of her problems, generally <laughs> speaking. <laughs> so Yeah, which is saying something. Like, pharmaceutical-grade methamphetamine should not be trifled with. But, yeah, it's so normalized. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those are, like... And then there's some, like, glamorous moments. Um, you know, obviously, she's super rich. Uh, and she... I don't know. It's kind of funny because it's like you can tell that like her money was always like managed and sort of like weirdly kept from her. Um, So she would do things like splurge on these like fun Vegas weekends and then like get in trouble for it, which is so weird to imagine a grown woman like, you know, she's Britney Spears. So she wants to go to Vegas. She should be able to go to Vegas. Let a girl live. I'm sure she did coke though. I mean, if she's into Adderall and she was hanging out with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton, like, come on, don't lie to me. (laughs) Those are just the ones she admits to. She does admit to drinking a lot and smoking a lot of, obviously she's a chain smoker to this day. Um, But she doesn't talk about any other drugs. She does talk about smoking weed. She buys, one of the first things she buys is um, Cher's apartment in Manhattan. (laughs) <laughs> which is like a four story like Soho um, apartment. And uh, she gets stoned in one nice passage. She gets stoned and goes home alone and like lays on the um, patio and looks at the stars, but there aren't any stars because it was in the middle of Manhattan. So. <laughs> <laughs> but she was stoned. So she could imagine. <laughs> 
But yeah, she comes across like super lonely and like she doesn't have any like real, you know, friends. What did she say about her relationship with that Sam Ascari guy? That like Persian, like what is he? Is he like a personal trainer? Or did I make that up? She just great. says like a couple lines about him. She's like, I have found my love with Sam. Now, um, now I feel safe. <laughs> it's like at the very end of the book, you know. But are they still together? I thought they broke up. They did. But, but was that like after the book was written? <laughs> yeah, it was after the book was written. They actually have a disclaimer that like the book didn't include their divorce. And stuff. That gave me such like 90 Day Fiance vibes. <laughs> like there's like so many couples on 90 Day Fiance that are like an older white woman with like a young, very gay looking Persian gym bro. <laughs> And it's like, bro, he's gay. Like, he's just using you for your green card. And in this case, like, for your money. But I know. And now she has another loser on the payroll. I was reading she has to give him 10000 a month. She still has to give Kevin all this money. So she oh. didn't sign a prenup with this guy? Um. Oh, I'm sure there's a crazy prenup. But she still has to give him alimony. Uh, yeah, she's still probably going to have to give him something. I don't know. So pathetic. It's- how can you, as a man, be such a grifter? Like, how is this masculine of you? Like, you pathetic, hucked, gay gym bro. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. He, he like... Obviously. I'm sure he loves... Well, now he's divorced from her. I don't know. I think if you... Like, that's just LA's deal. Like, if you go there, it's just, like, all people... It's all people who are, like, hot and, like, trying to just, like, abuse that financially as much as they can or it's like the disgusting like you know overweight uh diseased like producer who's trying to you know use their power to extort the hot people no literally that's what dan schneider is not to harp on dan schneider but he is like the harvey (laughs) weinstein of nickelodeon like he is absolutely disgusting he is like this massive overweight pedophile who just (laughs) plays on like hot teenage girls and it's like yeah. People have suggested that that's why Ariana Grande made it big instead of Victoria Justice on Victorious, because apparently, according to the conspiracy rumors, Victoria like refused to sleep with him, but Ariana Grande was like, "I'm down." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know if that's true, but <laughs> and that's but it's like I mean, to some extent, these people just deserve each other, you know. But uh, I mean, of course, not if like they're legit, like children then that's a different story well especially like these kids whose parents push them into this that's the thing that gives me the biggest pause is like how are you as a parent i mean maybe if you're like really isolated and you live under a rock and you're just like my kid's super talented i want them to be famous but i just feel like so many of these parents are clearly in brit in britney's case this is obvious like according to like everything Mm -hmm. she said like the parents are just using them as a cash cow and they don't really care what happens to the kid. It's like a don't ask, don't tell policy. And it's like, how can you, I don't know, how can you separate like your feelings of wanting to protect your kid from like your greed like that? It's just disturbing to me. Yeah. I and mean, it clearly destroys people psychologically. I mean, all the ch- child stars, like what Shia LaBeouf and fucking Drew Barrymore, like all these people, you know, are just like, destroyed seemingly right and like i assume that most of them were sexually abused or exploited in some way whether it was like directly or just kind of indirectly through the sexualization of like hollywood 
or you know like whether it was like actually getting molested or like you know just vaguely through like the perception of being a child star in film but like regardless even if they weren't like it's like what toll does that take on your mental health to be a kid still like you know your prefrontal cortex and everything like is still developing and you're literally on stage to millions paparazzi everywhere tabloids writing about you like I can't even fathom what that would be like I can't fathom what that that would be like as an adult Mm -hmm. let alone while you're still like kind of getting the lay of the land in the world as a child or a teenager yeah you don't get like any sense of um how she like really conceptualizes of her fame and it seems impossible to understand or for like a single human to even like really you know yeah and like like this head around it this feeling too i'm sure that you're basically like being pimped out by your parents you know yeah and like she does obviously start to become resentful at some point because it's like she's of course supporting her whole family which anyone who would is making you know like whatever crazy amount she was making at the time like would of course be supporting their family but it just gets, I don't know, it gets more and more sinister as it kind of goes on. It's really, like, gothic. I feel like it could be, like, a gothic movie. You know? Like, a gaslighting. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. the whole Britney story just seems sad. Like, none of it's funny. Like, like all the little, like, salacious bits that we get, like, aren't entertaining to me. They just make me sad. And, like, even before this book came out, like, that's how I felt. Like, you'd see those clips of her, like, on Diane Sawyer and stuff. And she's just, like, so sweet. Like, her eyes are welling up with tears. And she's just, like, you know, like, you can tell that she's just, like, totally unprepared for all of it. Like, despite the fact that she was groomed into it. Like, she just, she strikes me, at least. I I don't know. But she strikes me as just kind of, like, a wholesome person who, like, wasn't, like, you know, like, she herself was not, like, a fame whore. She was just pushed into this, and this is all she's ever known. Yeah. It, there's not very many. The only parts that made me even, like, a little bit happy were she talks about her kids. But then, but- doesn't she not even see them anymore? Like, I read recently that, like, Kevin Federline, like, took them to Hawaii, and she, like, barely has custody. She doesn't... Well, one of them's over 18, so... Uh, I guess. But hasn't she not really seen them in years? She says she's, in the book, she says she sees them a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It seems like she they're like they're with her like half and half. But they use that a lot too to get her to do crazy things. Like, they're like, sign, you know, this paper if you want to see the boys this weekend and stuff like that. I feel like from what I read, she doesn't have custody, but she just has, like, visitation. But maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't think she does have custody. I just think they spend a lot of time with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, That's she, sad, too, though. Like, I can't imagine being a mother and then, like, you know, only being able to see her kids in these very regimented ways. Yeah, she doesn't have custody of them. But it does seem like they come and, like, stay at her house for, like, four or five nights in a row. Okay. And stuff like that. I don't know. But yeah, I read that they're moving to Hawaii. So I guess she won't be able to do that anymore. (laughs) She goes to Hawaii a lot. She talks about that in the book too. That's one of her like top. uh, She loves to go to Hawaii and she loves to go to Cancun. (laughs) Which I thought made her sound sweet and basic. 
and those are both beautiful places, but it was just funny. She's definitely like a sweet basic bitch who just got famous and got fucked over by Hollywood and her parents. Yeah. She says she's not going to perform anymore, but I kind of don't think that's true. <laughs> I think she'll probably try to come back in some way. I don't see how you couldn't, like, honestly, like, even just using, like, Twitter as an analog, like, any time that I have, like, taken a Twitter break, I'm like, I need to come back and get attention. (laughs) Yeah. I need the engagement. She's clearly obsessed with, um, she's clearly obsessed with having a lot of attention. Um, She does tell a funny story of when she's, like, she wants to fuck Colin Farrell and she's like, I'm just going to go to the set of his movie. And she's like, and no one stopped me. I just drove in and walked right up to the set and uh, everyone was so sweet to me. And I was like, yeah, but you were like, like she doesn't contend with her fame. You know what I mean? Like it's like when you're Britney Spears, they let you do it. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) you can do anything. (laughs) She was like, everyone was just so nice to me. And I'm like, yeah, but you were like one of the most famous people on the planet. Of course they just let you walk you know, like into a building and what's Brittany's Zodiac sign? I'm curious. <sighs> Let's see. I'm sure it's all over the internet. I'm going to guess Libra, but I could be totally wrong. I have never looked it up. Brittany Zodiac. Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was kind of close, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's Libra's deal? They're like, um, I'm a Libra. Yeah, they're like balanced, like, you know, always kind of want to be friends with people, not make waves, kind of see both sides of things. And I feel like Brittany, like, has never really been super combative. So, hmm. and what's, uh, what's Sagittarius? Sagittarius, I'm a Sagittarius rising. Um, it's, it's a fire sign, so it's a little bit more. Fiery. I mean, Sagittarius makes sense in the sense that they're very, like, performative. Like, I understand, like, the fame aspect and, like, the being good at, like, you know, being on stage element. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more volatile. I mean, I guess Britney's pretty volatile, so that checks out, too. She really doesn't come across as that volatile in the book. But it also is, like, her current Instagram presence is so insane. So she kind of has to address it in the book. And she's like... I just like being crazy and free on my Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very Sagittarius coded that she did that weird knife dancing video. She does say that she loves Instagram and she loves social media and she loves that she can just like make Twirl a little around in circles. Over yeah, and over like again. make a little dance and do it because she feels like it. But she's obviously like irredeemably like. Not irredeemably. I don't know what the right word is. She's irreparably fucked up, you know. Yeah, I mean, she seems very mentally ill, according to her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she's going to, like, march, yeah, back into health and safety. But um, speaking of someone who's mentally ill but seems maybe more in charge of her narrative, (laughs) there's also (laughs) Jada Pinkett's biographies (laughs) this week. Um, which I didn't read and none of you guys read, but we all <laughs> reaction to it. We can oh, all yeah. just spout our uneducated takes without reading. I mean, I I mean as an like English I major, that was yeah, right. Like it's all been on Twitter. Um, as an English major, I would spout my uneducated takes on books that I hadn't read all the time. So let's go. 
I mean, I read, um, I didn't read. I listened to her Fresh Air interview and she sounded absolutely insane. It wasn't Terry Gross. It was like one of the other lowers interviewing her. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, tell me about your your journey with Will. And she'd be like, my journey with Will is so spiritual. Like, I feel like it goes back like 7,000 years or something like that. She's been cucking Will Smith for 7,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like everything she says like makes like no sense like that. And she's like, and you see, in order for me to be a good mother, I had to put myself first. I had to move out, move away. She's a terrible mother. I remember seeing. I, she's, she's a really bad. I remember seeing that she was like she introduced her kids to psychedelics when they were like teenagers, and I was like, okay, like MK Ultra all over this bitch. Yeah, well. yeah, and she moved out of their house, and she's always cucking Will Smith. <laughs> Yeah. Like after the whole Chris Rock thing happened, she was like, I was so surprised that he said that I was his wife. Like, <laughs> we haven't used that term in years. And I'm like, dude, he was defending you. Like, <laughs> she is literally the, you know, the longhouse cuck to end all longhouse cucks. <laughs> and she is like, she is his wife legally. Yeah, they're not divorced. <laughs> I saw some funny Rad Temp uh, Rad Femme types being like her mind is amazing think of all the, <laughs> all the ways she's found to torture this <laughs> this one man this one mission she's been on um, did you guys see the poem that uh, Tupac was it Tupac that she like constantly talks about yeah, um, she, she was best friends with Tupac when she was selling crack in the hood. <laughs> yeah. But, like, apparently they never even had sex, which makes the whole thing even weirder, like, that she's constantly talking about him and saying that he's her soulmate and stuff. But apparently yeah. he, like, wrote her a poem before he died, and this came out a few years ago. I don't know if she mentions it in the book, because, as discussed, I haven't read the book. But, like, the poem is, like, this weird poem that's basically, like, I can climax without even having sex with you. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's very weird. Like, he's like, your mind makes me climax. And I'm like, okay. We, we, okay. Like, Tupac, we didn't need to know that. Jada, we don't need to know this. Like, maybe they were meant for each other. <laughs> well, I think... He only said that to her. He was not the one who publicized it. She was. <laughs> he wrote a poem about coming his pants. Yeah, literally. Like they never even had sex. Like like what what is Jada's power? Like she clearly has some power over men because like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she's wow. She seems completely she comes seems completely insane the entire time. Um it doesn't seem like anyone could possibly like her. Like listening to this interview. It was like how how could anyone possibly think this person is like cool or whatever i mean i die laughing at all like the you know you see those like pop base or whatever like twitter accounts like posting like jada Pink pinkett smith like reveals and then people in the comments are all just like normies being like jada reveals and it's like that dude smoking like 15 cigarettes like how much more of this can i take and i love it it's just so funny like, why yeah. is this bitch constantly revealing shit? We don't need to know. But the, the funny thing is, she probably isn't. 
Like, it's probably mostly just taken as excerpts from the book, but it's making her out to be this, like, demon who's constantly going to the press. <laughs> just revealing, like, humiliating. Well, and she's definitely up TMZ, like, here's another one. They definitely molested those kids, too. Like, I feel like I've read enough of weird, weird shit. Like, they had an ACS case opened against them because Willow Smith, posted all these pictures on Instagram or something where she was in topless in bed with a 20 year old. Oh my God. Uh, How old was she? 13. Oh my God. Um, and they had like child protective services <laughs> come like investigate. Cause you know, you can't let your kid be statutorily raped in your house. Uh, so I don't know. There's like all these weird things like that. And Jaden definitely seems like he was super sexualized early. So I think they're really like evil, weird. I don't know. Or if there wasn't full blown molestation, there was sort of like a total breakdown in the parent's child roles. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the vibe that I get. Like if she was doing psychedelics with her kids when they were teens, like I feel like they were just like, like Jada was probably like, Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Like, I'm not the cool... Uh, I'm not the regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Like, you know. Yeah. Of and I can see some, like, total idiot parent being like, oh, she has a 20-year-old boyfriend? That's fine. Like, I could just see, like... You know what I mean? Like, they just have... They're, like, completely amoral people um, who seem totally narcissistic and focused on themselves. Um, and if no Will limit. Smith is, like, cucked by her, like, he's probably just, like, sitting idly by, like, not... <laughs> playing a real father role. Well, my theory is that the slap was something, this is my theory. My theory is that the slap was something like truly spontaneous. Like we saw like a crack in the sort of video drone, like in the veneer, like he really did freak out. Like he really did like lose it in this really public way. You could never like, watch that video and think that he's like a mentally well person and any, you know what I mean? Like it's like an insane video. And then it had, and then it was used in all these weird propaganda ways. Like you're racist if you think this or you're, you know, like it was just, the whole thing was just so weird. And now I'm wondering if he's getting his kind of like punishment. Cause he's like out of the Academy for 10 years and this is happening to him, this like horrible cuck book tour. <laughs> um, I don't know. I wonder if he's just getting like a big, huge slap on the wrist for, I don't know. Yeah. Fucking with the whole image of the whole thing, you know? Speaking of which, do we think the Kanye Taylor Swift incident was like scripted or was that spontaneous? Oh. I don't have a take on this. I'm genuinely asking. <laughs> to me, the Will Smith thing felt fake personally, but I do, I, I, I acknowledge I have a bias toward just everything being fake. But No, me too. My instant reaction to like anything in the news is just like fake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But... I think there's cracks in the veneer sometimes. I do. But it's hard to tell what's a crack and what's, you know. The Kanye thing stuff felt more real to me. Also, like when he did the George Bush doesn't care about black people and stuff. Like to me, he seems like more unhinged than Will, who seems like a pretty like good behaved, you know, 
young man. <laughs> so maybe Will Smith is not only cucked by Jada, but cucked by the establishment. And he had to, you know, he's still human. He had to lash out, you know. Well, they're all sort of cucked by the establishment because they're like, they are the establishment because they're elite culture makers, you know, who have massive platforms. Yeah, um, you can't step out of line if you have that platform. Yeah, so they have to really be careful. They really have to toe the, the line. It's been funny watching celebrities like desperately try to... Oh, we're not going to talk about it. I was going to say deal with Israel Gaza. <laughs> That's a whole can of worms. Yeah. But it's been funny watching them try to, you know, dodge any problematic statements, but really failing kind of a lot. Well, it's, it's interesting like to me. You have to say something, but like you can't say the wrong thing. And yeah. I just wish that we could like get out of this cultural moment of that you have to have an opinion on every issue because it's like that's not your job like your job is to be an actor your job is whatever and like you know it's not just celebrities it's brands like I literally so I like I follow the low FODMAP diet it's like this stupid diet for like if you have like gut problems because hot girls have IBS but anyway <laughs> I buy this low FODMAP salsa and literally the low, I tweeted about this, but the low FODMAP salsa brand put out like a little like Instagram post that was like, like, you know, very like, like graphic design. And it was like, we stand with Israel. And it's like, uh, bro, I don't, I don't really care what you stand with. Like you're a low FODMAP salsa brand. At the end of the day, like, can you just stay in your lane and leave geopolitics to like, I don't know, people who not to say trust the experts, but I'm just saying like, I'm not getting my political opinions from the low FODMAP salsa brand. I'm sorry. Yeah. Leave the political takes to the Twitter and on, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I'm a copywriter and you know, I lost my job uh, during COVID like at the beginning when they were like laying everyone off at all companies, like during like the initial lockdown. And I was so fucking relieved because, like, I was at the beginning having to put out all these statements about COVID. Like, I had to write them and stuff. And I was like, this is horrible. And then, you know, I got laid off. And I was already so burnt out. Like, our creative director at one point was like, we should get non-binary models for our next shoot. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I cannot be in another boardroom with people trying to exploit, like, woke culture for, like, capital. Like, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. so... That's why I ended up doing my MFA because I was just like, I can't go back to copywriting right now. Like I've gone back to it since because I need money. But I was like, I need to take a break from this. But during that summer when I was like getting unemployment dollar from the state, um, <laughs> I was like still following along with what my company was doing. And they were putting out like BLM statements and like all this shit that was just totally irrelevant to the company. And I was just like, I am so fucking relieved that I am not the one who has to write that. Because if I was still there, that's that would have been my job. And I just, yeah. <laughs> I get like current thing emails from my company like every day. Or, you know, like every time there's a new thing, we get like a... And if you need like safe space to like cry about... Did you get one about the main shooting? 
I actually didn't get one about that. I got I one about the mean shooting. Like, I was like, this is such an obscure current thing. Like, it's not even, like, it's overshadowed by the Israel-Palestine thing. But yet, I still got an email being like, if you need to take the day off, it's okay. And this guy in my company, like, group chat, he's, like, the only... Because we don't have to use pronouns at work. Like, it's fine. But, like, when people voluntarily put their pronouns in their Zoom handle, I'm like, okay, I already know that you're, like, so far gone because, like, you didn't have to do that. You you willingly did that. Anyway, this guy in every meeting, he's got, like, he, him, and his display name on Zoom. And he messaged the company group chat and was like, you know, after reading about this main shooting, I'm just going to take the day off today. And everyone was like, yeah, like, you should, you know – put your mental health first and I'm like dude like this didn't affect you like no one in your immediate circle died like it's just the news like it, obviously it's horrible but it's like I don't know snowflake culture man well, if the criteria <laughs> for getting a day off work is just like finding out out that like someone else died I mean yeah maybe he's like maybe this is all the long game like maybe it's yeah. all an elaborate ruse and he just put the pronouns in the bio to kind of make it make sense when he like took advantage of stuff like this well I mean that's almost certainly true on a conscious level for him what you just said <laughs> he has created a persona where he's able to act like an asshole like that and people can't say anything <laughs> he was like i'm gonna take the day off and i recommend everyone else does too <laughs> doing a little marxism i don't know <laughs> recommend everyone else this does. was his leftist project <laughs> it's also just funny because, i mean again it's ter terrible what happened i haven't even read what happened i don't even know how many people died or whatever but it's like maine is like this like extremely not populated like remote corner of the country that without 24 seven news cycle, people just wouldn't think about very much. Like most of the countries like that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's like they focus us on these like far away places that we have no connection to. It's very weird for someone to be that upset about that. You know, this one sounded weird. I don't, I didn't read that much about it, but it was like a, like a multi-destination like mass shooting, almost like a bar, like a bar crawl. Well, and like initially people were saying that there were multiple shooters and then that got like erased very quickly. And then when mm -hmm. they found the guy, the initial report said that he had two bullet holes to the head and they very quickly like changed that story. <laughs> and we're like, no, he killed himself. But the whole thing is super sus. Like the guy... Not to go down a rabbit hole about this. I know that's not what this episode is about. Yeah. But, like, he apparently, like, had recently... He was in the military, and he had recently had, like, a psychotic episode and got sent to, like, some psychiatric hospital. This is so, I mean, but then he recently like got installed with, uh, what is it, like, hearing aids. And right around the time that he got these hearing aids, he started hearing voices that told him to kill a bunch of people. And I'm like, okay, this has CIA or whatever written all over it. Like, this is... So fucking sus. I mean, um, that's that's yeah. outrageous. Honestly, that's classic. The, so I'm like, military, not it. yeah, like psychological experiments, hearing aid implants. Yeah, like you got a hearing voices. aid, and now all of a sudden people are telling you to murder everyone. Like, right, and the reports of multiple shooters, and then that gets retconned. Yeah, it's like, yeah. 
the whole thing is crazy. And yeah, like without the 24 seven news cycle, we would never know about all of these things, but then it gets, you know, forced into all of our orbits. And like the whole thing is just very intentional to me, but I do think that it got overshadowed by like Israel stuff. So whatever, but fun, random anecdote just to lighten the mood. When I was a kid, we used to go to Maine a lot because I'm from New England. And um, we used to go to this arcade on the beach in Maine. And I remember I really wanted this giant teddy bear. I wanted to win it, but I was not good at like the arcade games. And anyway, I like, you know, was doing my little arcade games. And you know how you get like tickets at the arcade? So I got all my little tickets and I was feeding them into the ticket machine to get like, you know, the slip or the coins or whatever they give you like to buy like the stuff, but I not enough to buy the big bear that I wanted. And I'm feeding the tickets into the machine. And I had really long hair at the time. And my hair got caught in the machine and the machine starts feeding my hair in with the tickets. And at first I didn't like really realize it or process what was happening until my head was up against the machine. And it was like, like trying to drag my head into the machine, like some fucking final destination ass bullshit. And then I, no one seemed to be like noticing or paying attention. So then I screamed bloody murder in this arcade. And then this like random, like teenage boy, I was like 12 had like employee had to come over to me and like yank me off of this machine and it ripped out like a huge chunk of my hair. So then of course, like all of eighth grade, I was like, Oh, I'm so ugly. I have a huge chunk of my hair missing and like, whatever. Um, But the most fucked up part of the whole story was after that, they didn't even give me like, I feel like they should have said, take your pick of all the arcade toys. You know, you've experienced trauma, but they did not. And I was like, fuck that arcade, fuck Maine. And anyway, the next year we went back because we had like family there and stuff. And we went back and the next year there was a plastic guard on the machine to like prevent such things from happening. And I'm like, if my trauma caused all of that, the least you could have done is give me that giant teddy bear. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my main story. It's a huge derailment, but. (laughs) I've never been to Maine. It's a beautiful place. George yeah, Bush has a house there. <laughs> yeah, I, connection. <laughs> I always thought it was funny that the Bushes acted so Texan when they really are like New Englanders. Yeah, where um, are they? Kind of, kind of bunkport. Yeah, it's just really funny that they like they like literally like cosplay as Texans. You know. Yeah. Where is well, he I from? Think they Houston. They tried to do that with Dub, yeah. He didn't even grow up that much in Texas. I feel like he went when he was like six or something. George W. Bush. Yeah. 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 He was. Yeah. They're. They're. Yeah. They're like waspy. You know, like old money East Coasters. Yeah. Are they from Texas originally, and they just went to the East Coast, or are they from the East Coast? No, they're from the East Coast. Where are they from? I, like, have not deep-dived the bushes. (laughs) Just showing my dilettante ass right now. I thought they were from Kennebum. Kennebum. I thought that was just where their summer home was. Yeah, no, that's not where they're from. I think they're from Massachusetts, I want to say. Oh, really? Okay, I'm looking. Here you are, you war criminal. Um, (laughs) Let's see. No, they're Connecticut. Connecticut, okay. Yeah. So I knew they were all, they're like a, obviously a Yale family. Yeah. Uh, Yale is so sus. 
His paternal grandfather, Prescott Bush, was a U.S. senator from Connecticut. So that's crazy. Even that far back, he had political family members. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Well, just yeah. saying, the main the main thing is sus. I feel like that's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah, well, and Stephen King. Oh, my God, don't get me started. <laughs> I, like, I tweeted thought- about Stephen King the other day. I'm sure you saw. And it keeps blowing up. It's got over a 1,000 likes. People keep retweeting it. And now I've got, like, anime PFP people in my mentions, like, defending him. And I'm just, like, make it stop. <laughs> I saw, well, there was, like, a, a nice... Um, QT series. I feel like it should be one of those like exploding brain, like tiered memes. Yes, yes, yeah. Mine was like the first one, then it was Billy, then it was Pool House. And then Pool House, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King killed John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, mine is like Stephen King's a pervert. Billy is like Stephen King is a CIA asset. Wells <laughs> is like Stephen King killed John Lennon. <laughs> you should make that meme. That's a good meme. Quote tweet Pool House with that. <laughs> See, if you do that now and then that goes viral and then this podcast comes out like later, then people will be like, you know, it will be like seeing the artists at work. This was the workshop. <laughs> Are you stoned again? Yeah. Your eyes, your eyes are like not open. <laughs> I feel like I can tell because usually Q is way more talkative and right now he's just kind of like vibing. Yeah. I'm I, was rely- Q, I was relying on you to be talkative because I'm like very out of practice with podcasting right now. <laughs> I'm being talkative. I presented all the Britney stuff. That's and true. That's my, true. My Jada theories. You're just chill. You're just chill. Yeah, it can only go so far. I can't think of anything else about... Do you think... Do you guys ever think Jada... I have a question for you. Do you think Jada ever has a moment where she, like, breaks through all the, like, narcissism and bullshit and has, like, these, like, moments of, like, clarity where she's, like, standing in her, like, crazy mansion and is like, oh, my God, like... Like this is real, and <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. Do you think she has like existential thoughts, or probably not? Probably no. not, honestly. <laughs> Based on my experience having a narcissistic mother, I would say probably not. Because <laughs> I constantly wonder this. Not to get all trauma y on here, but like you know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel bad for her. Like maybe, maybe sometimes in the cold dark of night, like she feels sad. And then I'm like, I really don't think that she does. Like, I think that, like, some people just are really good at compartmentalizing. And especially if you're, like, a celebrity. Like, come on. What about when she takes all that ayahuasca and stuff? You don't think that helps her gain some real empathy of some kind? No. She was like, I was orgasming with Tupac. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she was talking to him. She was communicating. I mean, also the thing that's fucked up is, like, wasn't this whole Will Smith punch thing because, like, Chris Rock was making fun of her alopecia. And then she, like, goes out and is like, Tupac also had alopecia, and he didn't want anyone to know about it. And it's like, bitch, then why are you telling the whole world? <laughs> alopecia is just being bald, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, like rapid premature hair loss. Like, your hair, like, falls out. Okay. Like, it's not, like, 
a gradual thing. Like your hair falls out in clumps. I think that's what she just like compartmentalized her like existential angst so hard that her hair just fell out like that was the manifestation of it. <laughs> it's definitely more common with black people. Like what's her name? I can't remember. She's in that like annoying uh, political gang with like AOC and all those people. But the senator or representative from Massachusetts, she's from Boston. Um God, I can't remember her name. I'm being Ilhan so Omar. Right now. It's not Ilhan because she's from Minnesota. But it's uh, like someone from that gang. I forget what her name is, but she's from Massachusetts. Doing, and yeah. she's bald and has alopecia. Um, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely more common with them. But yeah, she turned it into like a political thing, which like whatever. Like no, I mean, shade to her on many other levels, but no shade to her on that level. Like, if you have alopecia and you want to be bald, that's cool. Like, good for you. But Ayana Presley, I've never heard Ayana Presley. Yeah, you've never heard of Ayana Presley. She's no. one of the squad. Yeah, the squad. Oh. That's the, I was like the gang. Okay. <laughs> Am I being racist? <laughs> no, I do think I do wonder though. Like, more common. This is maybe racist, but it's just a curiosity. If it's more common in black women because of all this stuff, like treatments and stuff they do to their hair. No, definitely. I mean, like it sucks. Like, like this is like a lib take, but it is true. Like, you know, if black women feel like they have to straighten their hair and wear weaves and hair extensions and stuff like that to look more white to like fit beauty standards or whatever, like traction alopecia is a thing. Like, I saw a black woman today at the supermarket who had all of these bald spots kind of around the crown of her head, and it was very obvious that that's where, like, the extensions were sewn in, so. Yeah. I guess I would just have my regular hair, but I know that I can't say that as as a white person. (laughs) One thing that's funny is, when I was a kid, like, I grew up in a very white town, like, I didn't really know that many black people and stuff, um... But I used to weirdly think that black women were really beautiful. Like when I was like a little kid. I mean, not to say that they're not, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but like when I was a little kid, like it was weird. Like I just was like, black women are so beautiful. Like I loved like afros and like curly hair and stuff. And I think maybe it's just one of those grass is always greener things because I've always had very like fine, thin, you know, blonde, white person hair. And so it was like just the total opposite. But I used to just think that they were so cool with, like, their big hair. And yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that that's really cool. And it's sad, like, if they feel like they have to wear weaves to look more white or whatever. But there was this girl that I worked with in my early 20s, um, this black girl in London. And she would wear weaves all the time. And we would always laugh at work because – so she was – Basil will love this. Basil, if you're listening, shout out. We love you. Um, but she would only date white guys and, um, she would always like die laughing at the fact that white guys were so clueless about what black hair actually looked like because she always had weaves and she would have like a different hairstyle, like every month, like every month she would get a new weave. So like one month she'd have like straight sleek hair with bangs. Then the next month she'd have like red hair that was like kind of wavy, but like none of it was her real hair. Like her real hair was like, you know, kinky, like thick, black, whatever. And none of these guys that she dated realized that that wasn't her real hair and they would be shocked 
when she told them otherwise. And I'm like, damn, men are just like ignorant about <laughs> what women actually look like. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same thing about like the no makeup makeup look. Like men are like, women look better without makeup. And then they post a picture of a woman who's clearly wearing makeup, but it's just natural look makeup. Like it's that kind of thing, but it's just like the race play edition. <laughs> I've had white women be like, I wish I could wear wigs and stuff like black women do. Cause it would, and it was like socially acceptable because honestly, they were like, same. My hair is like definitely flat and thin. Like they were like, it looks amazing if you, but it's like, it's, they were like, it'd be weird if you were doing <laughs> wigs all the time as a white woman. <laughs> I yeah. Think. Like wigs are one thing. Weaves and hair extensions are another, like they do definitely take a toll on your hair. I don't um, think they look as good on white women either. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of, women with hair extensions and I feel like I can always tell on a white woman but I guess in my very early 20s I used clip-in hair extensions sometimes and they looked so fucking bad like I cringe (laughs) thinking about it like I'm like people could see like the clips like (laughs) what was I doing (laughs) (sighs) that is so funny I also used to occasionally when I was like 21 this was when I was in the UK it was more normalized there I had like a friend who I was like best friends with at the time and she was obsessed with like hair extensions and fake nails and all that. And that's not me. Like, I'm just not like that at all. But she made me feel really bad about my appearance when I was just like being normal. Like she was like, you have to do all this stuff too. And so I would go to the nail salon and get like nails with her. And then she like made me get, well, she didn't make me, but kind of like peer pressured me into getting it was basically like the Ariana Grande ponytail. So you know how Ariana Grande has like the fake ponytail back to the Nickelodeon (laughs) discourse. But she, you know, like her real hair is like fried and fucked up from like years of dying. Yeah, she's like a crazy, that's a crazy weave, that ponytail thing. Yeah. So the ponytail, like, like basically it's just like a clip in. So essentially like those ponytails are like, you just pull your hair back and you put it in a bun and then you clip in this fake ponytail and it's like a fucking horse tail, like, you know? And, like, it looks kind of real, but, like, mine definitely would, like, fall out awkwardly because I, like, didn't know how to use it. <laughs> anyway, I have not worn hair extensions in, like, a decade, but it's not good for your hair. Any ladies out there listening, don't get hair extensions. They're not good for your hair. She looks totally different now. Her new face is like, she went back to being kind of white looking. Ariana Grande has gone through like 15 different faces. <laughs> oh my God. Madonna's new face is so funny because she's um, on tour now. And like, she had that like emergency bacterial infection that put her in the hospital for two months, but she just came out with a new face again. Um, so it's like maybe so was it really a bacterial infection or was it just a facelift (laughs) or like the bacterial infection happened and she was like well I'm going to be laying in this hospital bed let's go ahead and (laughs) (laughs) what does she look like now does she look better yeah she removed like all of like the fillers and stuff and she went for this like really gaunt sort of look it does look better honestly I I will say like fillers are supposed to be kind of like a stopgap for getting like a facelift I feel like someone like Madonna who has that kind of money should not be puffing up her face she should just be getting like a a little facelift or something that would look better 
Yeah, her last thing was crazy. Whatever. She looked so bad, dude. Well, she hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at pictures now. Like, she's now had a face, like a real, extremely expensive facelift, and her her fillers are like essentially gone. The same girl that I was talking about, who used to pressure me into wearing hair extensions and getting my nails done when I was 20, she now is my age, so 31. And she looks like she could be ambiguously like any age between 31 and like 56 because she's got so much plastic surgery, fillers, lip fillers, Botox, the whole nine yards that like, like I feel like when you do so much of that, like you can't even tell what your age is anymore. Like she probably looks like she's 45. She looks like good for like a middle-aged woman, but she's 31. She would have looked so much better if she didn't do all that shit to her face. It's weird. (sighs) It does really put you in this totally ambiguous age range, plastic surgery. I I totally know people who, who it's like they could be 30 or 50. Right. And like she did too much. Like I feel like if she did a little bit of like tasteful plastic surgery, it would have been fine. But she just did too much. And now I look at her and I'm like, you look like, I don't know, one of those women on 90 Day Fiance who's just like, I don't even know what your age is, but it's probably 50. I feel like you should just wait for the, you should just wait. If you're going to do anything, just get a tasteful facelift at 50 and don't do anything in between besides creams and facials and stuff. Yeah, like Tret, whatever. (laughs) That's that's my advice. I started doing Tret recently, so I'll report back on how that goes. What What, What is it? Yeah, I don't know about it tretinoin or tretinoin i don't know how to pronounce it but it's like uh it's just like a vitamin a cream retin-a um it's just like a like a cream like a face product or whatever um not surgical and i'm like it's supposed to help with like anti-aging and preventing wrinkles and now that i'm 31 and i've clearly hit the wall i thought i should try it to prevent some wrinkles from farming so i'll let you guys know if i get wrinkles or not (laughs) maybe i'll incorporate it into my skincare regimen they say that it's the holy grail for anti-aging and i just kind of thought like all throughout my 20s despite the fact that i have lived very unhealthily i used to have an eating disorder i still don't eat super healthily you know i drink and smoke and stuff (laughs) Um, I didn't really have like signs of aging, but now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like, it's probably time to take better care of myself. So I got that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to not get Botox and that kind of stuff. You know, the culture pushes that on you, but I'm like, I'll try to do skincare first. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to let it, let it all happen. Well, Q, you don't need it. Like you're like four years older than me and you have a baby face so thank you (laughs) um do we want to call it a little bit earlier push to an hour and a half how are you guys feeling i mean i could go either way (laughs) i don't know have we covered enough ground i feel like we just like vaguely (laughs) talked about britney spears It feels like we had a very like vague episode. There wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. The docket was kind of bad. I, but everything else that there was to talk about seems. Uh, well, did you have any like bombshells from the Britney book? I feel like you didn't like really. Okay. 
I guess the bombshells weren't that um, bombshelly. <laughs> I kind of thought I'd already given all the bombshells, which were crazy oh, psychiatric. Um, oh yeah, like her stuff. Like I thought that was the weirdest. Now I'm like googling like Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buzzfeed list crazy. Well, I know that we were supposed to talk about BAP and Dasha before. We could talk about that because my theory, not that I know any of these people, is that they're not together anymore. I don't think they, they are seem either. To have been before. Yeah, I don't think she, they... she was urine posting, and as like the queen of urine posting, when I I know a urine post when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just had a. Flame. But it's funny that he changed his at to Costin Eats when hers is Dasha Eats or Dash Eats, whatever. Yeah, I mean the thing is, he's just obviously gay. Yes. So... <laughs> I will say I am offended that Dasha does not follow me. Because she retweets and responds and likes my tweets all the time. And then she posted that how soon is now tweet, which is Cassandra <laughs> culture. And I'm like, can you just follow me, bitch? You should have Q put in a word. Yeah, Q. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about um, Costin being gay. I, I don't know. Do you think he, how would that not be everywhere? I feel like gay guys would talk about it. No, I feel like it's one of those things that he's not, like, gay in the sense that he's fucking men. He's just gay because he's, like, spiritually gay and metrosexual. <laughs> there are plenty of men out there like that in the BAP sphere. Because <laughs> I just don't yeah. think gay guys would keep it quiet. I think they'd be, like... No, there are plenty of gay guys who, like, like gay as in this type of gay, not as in fucking men gay, but just, like, spiritually gay. They date women, but they're spiritually gay. I mean, he invented a, a weekly tradition of posting, like, male, hot men, male physiques. Yeah. Physique Friday. <laughs> I do think they were actually together, but I think it was, like, a fling, and I think it's, like, over already. My hot take, and I was thinking about this today, but I've tweeted about it before with that like Norman Rockwell meme or whatever, is that if you are so concerned about touching receipts, that's a little gay. It is. Like, it's gay. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, are you as a man so worried that if you touch one receipt, like, your masculinity is going to fade into nothing and you'll have no sperm left? <laughs> he thinks that touching receipts will affect him? I'm pretty sure, like, the Baptist community thinks that. I don't know if he said that explicitly. Why? What You've never heard of this? This is like a huge, massive, like right wing Twitter thing. No, I don't know about it. Yeah, like, like it has xenoestrogens in it somehow. There's like endocrine disruptors in the the paper or something. Every fucking time that I pick up a receipt at the supermarket and then immediately throw it away, I'm like. Oh no, like yeah, the yeah. two seconds that this was in contact with me is going to ruin me. I'm ruined. Uh, <laughs> well, the reality is they're in everything. Like, right, they're in everything. Like, bro, if that, like, I'm sorry, but if that's your biggest concern, you're gay. Why would they put it in the receipts specifically? It seems like not a very good method of getting it into people. If it's a conspiracy. I don't even know if it's a conspiracy. I 
I don't think it's a conspiracy per se. It's just that supposedly this paper just has like a high constant because it's code. You know how it has that kind of sheen. It's not like a normal paper. And it's this shit is in like plastic. It's in, you know, it's in the water and microplastics and it's all, mm. you know, so the, but it's just a meme kind of. It's like don't touch receipts, you know, because they have they'll make you gay or yeah or whatever i don't know i'm just saying at the end of the day like these men who are so obsessed with all of these things that are going to turn them gay seem to be gay (laughs) about that whereas like normal like working class quote-unquote men who don't think about these things seem more straight to me so Like, who have never heard of BAP, have never heard of Physique Friday, have never heard about receipts turning them gay. Yeah. You think, do you think Dasha is going to do a last minute in the home base, like, trad baby family thing? Or do you think she's just not going to do it because she doesn't actually want to? It's interesting because I think that <laughs> she's probably like, <coughs> sorry, I'm vaping and now choking on my vape. Um, she's probably in both camps. Like she probably like vaguely wants to, but like I can empathize with this because before COVID, like before I kind of like fully got for lack of a better word, like red pilled on everything. I used to not want to have kids either. Like I was similar to Dasha. Like I'm a bohemian art hoe. I just want to like do my like art stuff and hang out with my friends and this and that. And then like after COVID happened, it kind of made me reevaluate the world because I was like, the government can literally pull the plug on all of that at any time. And the only thing that you have control over is your immediate community, which is essentially like your family. So like, you know, like your relationship. And if you have kids, then that too. And so that's kind of what made me reevaluate things. And then that kind of coincided with like, you know, turning 30 and stuff. So like, you know, so I reevaluated it, but I feel like she's probably in a similar boat, if I had to guess, like of being like an artsy, creative, bohemian type person and that not being like her like end goal in life, like from the beginning. But, you know, when you get into your 30s and also given how the world is like, you know, it's something that you probably should want, but then you're also enjoying like what you're doing right now. I don't know. I mean, like Anna has a kid. I don't know. I know, I I just thought Anna would have her kid and then Dasha would do it, like, two years later. I don't really see it. I mean, I don't see it with BAP, for sure. Sorry, sorry, go on. (laughs) No, I mean, that's all. I I just don't really see it happening. But, yeah, I don't know. She just, I don't see her. She seems like, I don't know. She still has a few years left. Yeah, but it's more of a personality thing that I'm, I don't know. Like she's wants just the kind of the attention, the spotlight has to be like on her sort of. And I feel like that you kind of have to like set that aside. And do you feel like Anna didn't have that? She doesn't seem like it as much to me. Like she's not, I don't know. She's not always just like posting selfies and whatever. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, she does less like, yeah, ho posting. But the thing is, like, that attention economy goes away. So, like, even if you are, you have that desire for it, like, would you want to replace it with something else? Like, mommy posting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, thankfully, they didn't go into mommy posting direction and post Anna's baby. 
normally on the podcast, <laughs> there's not a lot about the kid on the podcast. I like that. I respect that. Like that she can, you know, be a mom and still have her interests and stuff. And yeah. yeah, she seems to go out a lot still. It seems like they do have a nanny, but she seems like a good mom. I don't know from the little bit she talks about it. <laughs> I like that I mean, she took her like newborn baby to a chiropractor. Yeah. I think that's fine. Very <laughs> New York. Yeah. My stepmom is like so anti me having kids. It's weird. Like she has two kids and they're like autistic and they're twins. And she <laughs> like clearly just like, I mean, she loves them. It's not that she doesn't love them, but she clearly did not have a good time raising them. She also raised them as a single mom because like their dad is a deadbeat. So she had a bad time raising them. And like, you know, she met my dad once they were grown up and like they have a good relationship and like, I'm happy that they're together now and I'm pretty close with her. Like we're like friends. So, you know, she's not like a mom to me because I met her when I was like 24, but like, you know, like we're friends and she is, has consistently given me the advice to never have kids and just like enjoy relationships and enjoy my life and enjoy my friends and I feel like that's really bad advice because it's, like, kind of, like, coming from that perspective of, like, her bad experience, like, this, like, bitterness. And, you know, like, I get that, she, like, you know, she kind of sees me as this, like, bohemian layabout, like, free, like, you know, you're an artist, like, you know, like, whatever. But it's, like, okay, but that's not going to, like, be fulfilling, like, in the long term necessarily. Um, but it's, yeah, it's super weird to me that, that's our consistent advice having kids doesn't fulfill everybody i've definitely met people who don't seem fulfilled (laughs) no i agree and i'm not saying that it necessarily does it just seems like weird advice to give from like your one sole perspective of like yeah it didn't fulfill me and so therefore you shouldn't do it um like to the point where like like anytime i'll like because i i've always been kind of ambivalent about it like oh if i'm with the right person then sure but I would never have kids with the wrong person like my perspective has always been if I'm not with the person that I absolutely want to be the father of my kids then I'm not gonna have kids like whereas a lot of women like really want to have kids and they'll have kids with kind of anyone like it's like Mm -hmm. you know oh the clock's ticking I'm gonna have kids Um, you know (laughs) like I've always kind of thought like oh if I was if I didn't find the right person and I didn't have kids then like that's God's will and like that's kind of where I'm at you know um but with her she's very much like don't and then I'm like damn if I ever like do is she gonna be like judgy about it like it's weird it's like a weird inverse of like the culture I guess I don't know I mean I guess the culture nowadays isn't that but you know what I mean (laughs) babies are supposed to ruin your what Jada says your self journey your journey to yourself (laughs) yeah well sometimes the journey you know it's time for it to come to an end. It, yeah. <laughs> and take care of someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about your journey? A. Eh? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I agree. Not everyone needs to have kids, but I, I, def, uh, you know, I, and I think it's been a good thing for me and I do, I do have a habit. I'm very like my, default state is to be very like ruminating and like you know just 
what does it all mean and kind of getting depressed and everything. And so for me, it's been, it's just kind of nice to like, not like think about that. Cause you're just like, Oh, I just literally have to like make it through the day and like try to, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I, I think, I don't know. I think people, yeah, it's weird when people like universalize their experience. Like, I wouldn't say to someone else, like, oh, you have to have kids. It's so amazing and blah, blah, blah. Just because, like, I've had a good time with it. Like, but on then, but it's also weird when it's like your stepmom or whatever, like, oh, I had a bad experience. That means, like, no one should have kids, you know? Right. It's very individual. But I, too, like, I, I thought I would have been fine. Like, I, I mean, again, this changed again. And, with covid for one but also just getting into my 30s kind of on a similar timeline to you where like when i was in my 20s i basically just envisioned that that was going to be my life forever like right partying and you know um going out to the spot and like meeting my friends and you know like being the coolest people there you know <laughs> um so I, I don't know, like in my mind, I was content to basically do that forever. You know, I don't know. I didn't really think. Yeah, about that's it. how it feels. Like it's really hard to kind of zoom out and have that broader perspective. And like I remember like my stepmom's sister, I was hanging out with her at one point a few years ago. And she was like, like, I think I said something about how I didn't want to have kids. This was when I was like 26 or 27. And she was like, you'll change your mind. And I was like so offended that she said that. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, shit. But also, like, I don't think that I changed my mind, like, purely because of age. I think it was, like, really because of, like, recognizing all the psyops. But still, maybe, like, to some extent it was because of age. And now I'm like, damn, if I do have kids in the future, like, she's going to be like, tell you so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And like, there are definitely some people that I think shouldn't have kids, not because like, I think the kids would ruin their lives, but because like, they would ruin their kids lives. You know? Yeah. Or they're just not equipped for it or whatever. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of really bad parents. Are you suggesting but, like, that Dasha would be one of them? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's funny that uh, one of some of like the pro choice arguments are like, and what do you want those kids to ha have to happen? They're just born into these households that can't take care of them and they get abused. And I'm just kind of like, I feel like being abused is better than being like not in existence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's like a weird argument that people make mm -hmm. when it used to just be kind of a natural consequence of. Yeah. That it is like weird that it's even kind of like a choice that you have to make now. Like it used to just be like if you were a fucking like you would have some kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was just sort of a natural like progression. And now it is like this choice people make. So Yeah, like it's been very socially normalized, like now that it is a choice and I don't even think that you can put it into context with history because like we've never been in a historical moment where people were like able to have that choice. Like it's very interesting for me to think back on like, you know, like my family is like Irish, I'm half Irish 
And like back in the day, I'm sure all of those women were like drinking throughout their whole pregnancy. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's just so wild to think about all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Drinking and smoking. Yeah. You kids you turned out fine. Yeah, they were fine. It's the, the Irish way. Before all the endocrine disruptors. That's the real the real conspiracy here. And vaccines. The vaccines. Yeah, and now they even vaccinate the mothers to get to get the vaccines to the babies. No, like honestly, like the last time that I went to the gynecologist, um, they had signs everywhere that were all about vaccines. None of them were gynecological vaccines like it wasn't even about the hpv one which like obviously is fucked but like that that wasn't even the one like they literally had signs everywhere about the covid vaccine the flu vaccine all these other vaccines all on the walls and they were like you know if you want to have a baby you better get all these vaccines and it's like jesus man like (laughs) what i I got an email from my, it's not actually, it's our old pediatrician that we no longer go to, but um, that was like advertising like a Halloween vaccine special. Oh my God. Where you could get like you, your kids and your whole family, like triple vaccinated for COVID, RSV and flu in the same visit. (laughs) How were they marketing that as a Halloween special? It was like boo before flu or something. Oh, like a boo as in like a boo-boo, like a shot? No, like it was just like, basically it was just like a gimmick because it's whatever, like the beginning of flu season or whatever Mm. that also coincides with Halloween. And they're just like. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get texts from like CBS and stuff like, come get your flu shot. I remember at one point I like before I got my job, which was like in late 2021. So this was like in the thick of things during like the vaccine COVID era. I was on this mailing list for a um, like a recruiter that would like place me with freelance copywriting jobs. And one of them was to do freelance copywriting for like vaccines in the state. And it was, like, marketing it to kids. Like, it was, like, literally, like, writing about vaccines for, like, school kids. And it was just so funny to me because the way that they described all of it was, like, as if they assumed that anyone reading this would, like, 100% be on board with it. And, like, no one would have any, like, reservations about, like, the fact that they're marketing this shit to kids. And I was just like, man, (laughs) this is depressing. I mean, yeah, normies love vaccines. Well, it's like, it's such a linguistic trick, you know? Like, the COVID vaccine isn't even a real vaccine at the end of the day. But as long as it has that word, that word has so much power. It has so much power in the same way that, like, the word progressive has power. Like, that, like, it confers, like, a positive response in most ordinary people. And therefore, like, the opposite of it must be bad. So, like, you know, like... Like anything related to vaccines must be good. And so if you're against it, it must be really bad. Progressivism must be good. Anything against it must be like retrograde and bad. When really it's like, I don't know. I don't know if we need to constantly be moving forward into transhumanism. I don't know if we constantly (laughs) need to just accept everything from pharma. But like, I don't know, the linguistic power of these things. Anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole, but it pisses me off because 
like that is like so what it is with COVID and like so many of my coworkers, like I posted about this before, but like in my work group chat, like they'll literally be like, I have to take off work this morning. So I'm getting my kid the new COVID RSV flu shot. And I'm like, Oh my God, no. no. <laughs> I know. And it's like, they're still going to get sick anyways. And people don't, it's just crazy. And like, they're kids. Like they don't need it. I know. I know. I know people boosting their kids with the COVID and stuff. It's it really makes sad. Me so sad. <laughs> I just heard about a. This is really sad, but yeah, like a, a local like five year old that that basically died suddenly in their sleep and yeah, my that's mind, awful. My, yeah, yeah, immediately, of course. Yeah, how would it not at this point? I know. I like, I worry. I, I hope that like people in my family are at least not doing this, but no one talks to me about it anymore because during COVID everyone decided that I was like a conspiracy theorist. So now I feel like they're getting their boosters in secret and not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, interesting well, there's not more resistance to it. Like, Well, apparently I've heard that like only 3% of people have gotten the latest. No numbers. one's getting them, but like, it's interesting I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird how no one's getting them and they still roll them out in this like big grand way, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think they're just trying to pull in the, you know, the people, the reliable, you know, few who are, who are left reliable. Cause I know they didn't like order nearly as many as they did in the past, you know? Only 16% took the other booster. So I'm like... But like regardless of COVID, like they're trying to turn all vaccines into mRNA vaccines. So this was just like the gateway and like they want to turn the flu shot into that. They want to turn all of it into that. They have like nine mRNA vaccines in the pipeline right now. Yeah. Um, So they're going to try to convince people to take mRNA vaccines for, for so many things. This was their way to normalize it because if it weren't for COVID, like no one would take this experimental technology. But now that it's been like, oh, well, everyone already took it and they were fine, quote unquote, like that's how it gets normalized. They're doing it for so much stuff. I'm sure they're doing it for alopecia, you know? Yeah, no, I've seen it for everything. (laughs) I know. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, that's even if the COVID vaccine no longer has the kind of power that it once did yeah like there it's it's part of the broader vaccine push and people still just love vaccines and are you know more excited about it than ever so yeah now you can get them for cancer or whatever that's what they're saying like get get vaccinated for the thing that the vaccine causes yeah exactly All right, we have done on a lighter note. If you guys- <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm always making it about COVID. It's a super safe vaccine for anything, and it doesn't have to be an illness. It could just vaccinate you against some life ill. What vaccine would you create? <laughs> what vaccine would we be? <laughs> would you create? Like, would you create for the world? And no health effects. You're just doing something nice. Like, mine would maybe be like, if you don't want to hear loud construction noises, you just oh my can't god, hear. yeah, that's a great one. I hate you just them. can't you just can't hear them at all. I hate sound pollution. Yeah, that's mine. I think. 
That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no, I... mine would be. Hmm. I have to think about this. Hey, do you have one? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> mine would be like the vaccine against like overthinking. Yeah, or that's it. the vaccine against like getting too drunk. So I could get like the perfect amount of drunk every time that I drink, but never black out. <laughs> that's a good vaccine. You get one vaccine and it makes you no matter what, you're just like I'm always fun. I'm always cool and fun and I'm never a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good. All right, we'll leave it with that. We'll we'll get to the thoughts and prayers, pharma. <laughs> pharmaceutical <laughs> <laughs> vaccine manufacturers get on it <laughs> I mean we don't even need to like put anything real in it you know it's like the, the whole deal they're always lying about it so we just need to get in the FDA's pocket yeah we can do it I believe it has <laughs> our power alright well good night guys alright Good night. It was nice talking to you both. I'm glad nice that I'm back you. on TNP. <laughs>